crisis because the the narrative, if you're actually paying attention, is quite different from what the national conversation around Cuomo is. Right. Um, mm-hmm. But then on top of that is this sort of I feel like one of the one of the fundamental problems here is actually that, um, you know, the, the period that Phil's talking about when 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 uh, this this model for how to do things like Promesa uh, is is built really um, mm-hmm. when when New York is is basically like becomes beholden to uh, to like bankers and uh, like private capital interests. Mm-hmm. Um, the moment immediately preceding that, and or the moments the the sort of decades preceding that, were one of you know New York having these gigantic social programs which no longer exist anymore. I mean, mm-hmm. if you look at it mm-hmm. and like think about the number of like public hospitals that there used to be it almost like it almost makes me want to fucking cry like how much right. was lost but uh, the wasn't fact it that, i think like one third of the total workforce in the five boroughs was municipal public employees mm-hmm. uh i think yeah something like that it was yeah. it was a huge amount and you know supported by or not supported by and you know and it wasn't just hospitals but also things like um obviously cuny still exists but just uh like th- these massive um social programs um and this was before transit was one publicly owned company it was when they were still private companies so this does not that one-third municipal employees is like social workers doctors who run community health care or primary care clinics in low-income neighborhoods it doesn't include transit workers at all because at the time all transit workers are still like working for uh, private the private companies who own the subways. But I, I think I think part of the problem is that culturally, um, and B and I have been talking about this, but it's it's almost like culturally the 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 image of New York right. has stayed there, has stayed as though it is this like sort of bastion of social democracy mm-hmm. or something, um, and that I I feel like that is in some ways what sort of abets the fact that New York politics can be so corrupt, like nakedly corrupt. Um, and so, and like the, you know, and things like the IDC can happen where you have like Democrats in name only basically, mm-hmm. um, who are essentially, who are like quite literally caucusing re- with Republicans in the state. Um, and many, you know, Democrats who push forward very conservative agendas. Right. Um, and they're sort of like almost protected on a national level because just the assumption almost is that this thing which is now completely anachronistic this idea from the 20th from like the early 20th century Mm -hmm. basically Mm -hmm. of what new york is and stands for um has been just over since for for some time yeah Yeah, exactly Mm -hmm. i mean there's a very famous like moment where um there were a couple things that like backfired in terms of like the city gave protections to teachers unions and then there was like a group of racist teachers who wanted to continue being racist in schools and people like sort of seized on these issues and were like, well, look, look at all these racist teachers fighting for their right to be racist. The cities put themselves in a position where their hands are tied and they can't fire these racist teachers. Right. So Mm -hmm. this is a good reason why we should like, like not have unions. Right. (laughs) So like New York is kind of used as both examples, as a cautionary tale, right, in order to mm-hmm. sort of justify austerity or, you know, privatization in other states, or it's used as like an example um, that's sort of some sort of like ideological bar to, to meet, right? And the reality is, is that Cuomo's legacy is very much part of this cover up let's call it. Yeah. This is like mm-hmm. a rebrand of New York State. We take this like sad, austere, broken, cruel state, 
And we rebrand it as the Center of Global Commerce. Capital E Economy. <laughs> this is America. We are New Yorkers. New Yorkers do whatever New Yorkers do. And it's brave and strong. Like, and that's fundamentally a, not true. A synecdoche, a synecdoche, if you will. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Well, so it's like R.I.P. Philip Seymour Hoffman. The reality <laughs> is, is that Cuomo has presided over ten years of defunding Medicaid and overseeing hospital closures in New York State. Yeah, like mm-hmm. and now he's um, being touted now he's as, at it again. Well, now more he's <laughs> being hospital defunding touted as the like liberal blue antidote to like the Trump whatever right now by every like liberal media outlet, but. The, and, the and they're saying, that, like, he's calling for all these new beds and making all these hospitals. But, like, if you look at the amount of beds that we lost because of the hospitals that have closed during his tenure as governor directly relating to things he's done, that would be more beds than he's made. So, But the funny thing is that, like, tr- Trump is from New York. <laughs> like, right. like his, his, his political leanings are, like, in a lot of ways, incredibly similar to, like, right. those of Andrew Cuomo and... And Bloomberg, like just with like more overt resentment and racism. It's funny that anybody sees that that people that people are able to see daylight in between the two of them. So this is this is a very interesting thing, right? Because I think the there's this sort of like narrative um, among I don't know if you read like sort of like elite like foreign policy magazines. Like there's this like narrative (laughs) like like, we're really worried about like strongman strongman leaders right right uh like we're worried about like the orbans of the world worried about the trumps of the world but like to me like uh, the trumps of the world like the uh, the 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 comfort that you get is that like at least trump is politically divisive like he's so terrible at governing that public opinion on him has remained pretty pretty divided (laughs) Mm -hmm. but the governors is actually like public opinion on governors is completely depolarizing Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter what kind of job they're doing. The fact that they go out there, they're they s- sort of seem uh, bland and and neutral. And there's a sort of I don't know, very Freudian analysis here. <laughs> like there's a sort of daddy like quality um, <laughs> to some of these press conferences. Um, that it, yeah, that like it's depolarizing. I'm far more worried about strongman governors than I am about like a strongman president. I think. Right. For mm-hmm. sure. Although I think that the, the comparison between, um, between Trump and Cuomo is, is actually rather apt in this case. Uh, one, because I think, Oh yeah, I want to, I mean, I want to, um, point out there's a, there was a great, what was it? Uh, Nick Pinto writing in the yes, intercepts, yes. um, yes. referred to Cuomo as Victor Orban on the Hudson, yeah, uh, I which said, I think I, I could not have said it better myself. Orban on yeah. not, that was, that was awesome. <laughs> and um, but I think that so actually case like case example here, like take what has just happened uh, over the weekend, actually, with um, <sighs> with Cuomo and Cuomo and, and his basically call to say that the assembly's work was effectively over yes. for the term. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, Cuomo on I forget if it was Friday or Saturday morning Saturday. or something like that. Yeah, did uh, like did the rounds on all these, you know, New York uh, like local morning shows like uh, state state um, and city shows and and basically you know unilaterally said like well now that they've passed my budget thank you for passing my budget we don't really need you anymore. we don't need you anymore it's not like you know coronavirus it's not safe for you to do uh for you to vote although actually it's ironic because if you read local 
press, it appears that um, in terms of the actual votes, the turning in of vote ballots for the most part is done by one representative of the party. Right. Like, and if you want to register that if you're voting separate from the party, you go and vote separately or sometimes you do it virtually. Right. So it's actually set up very well to do social distancing <laughs> already. Um, but so but he is in this in this PR position, right, where he can just right. go out and say, well, now that you've done this, no need to meet anymore. And right. the irony is like this is probably I mean, actually, this is one of the things we wanted to talk about because it's it as a as this like national figure with a sort of even increasing spotlight on him he has this sort of like pr leverage to essentially say like okay you've passed my austerity budget now Mm -hmm. you know go go fuck off and i'm gonna i'll I'll control things and i'll do actually based on what some of the things that are in the budget like later this year i'll just i'll just cut some more from the budget um but that is that is to me that's the most yeah of all the things that are specifically budgeted for in the yeah in the in the document the most dangerous thing is this idea that you could just have reassessments uh yes. that there are going to be these what are called in the document the measurement periods yes. and let's let's um, and let's get let's get into that in just a second but i think that the ulti- w- the one point in in the comparison with trump that i wanted to say is just like the fact that this is being treated as okay in any mm-hmm. way begs the question of like can you imagine if trump went out there and said like oh well now that they passed the cares act mm-hmm. congress should just adjourn for right. yeah that's right the rest of the year well i mean i'm part of a break take it easy <sighs> yeah it's it's as if uh it's it's kind of like if congress passed um one stimulus bill and then decided to take an entire month of- <laughs> <laughs> well so here, and here's the thing is like so there's this tradition let's say in the New York State legislature that is sort of the first half of the session where you do the budget, that is the time to get things done. And Mm -hmm. nothing gets done, quote unquote, in the second half of the session. So like we talked about this a little bit uh, around the New York Health Act way, 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 way back Mm -hmm. a year ago now. And one of the whole things was like, can we get the New York Health Act to the floor before the um, second half of the session starts, right? Right, Because things die in the second half of the session. And what happens in the first half of the session is that the governor sort of brings down from on high his bullet pointed list of asks. And then it's not really up to the legislature to do much other than sort of judge and value the merits of these spending proposals, mm-hmm. right? So so right. as it stands already, like that and also their own salaries are hinged now on them right. passing the budget on time because in uh, 2018, they gave them a cost of living raise that was hinged on them delivering the budget on time. So there is sort of this uh, tacit handshake agreement that like the legislature's job in New York State is to co-sign and administer the um, the budget, which contains the governor's policy directives. Right. right. Well, which also speaking of the raises, we know from some social science research <laughs> that in like basically increased professionalization as in like, you know, people being able to uh, have being a state senator, for example, mm-hmm. be their only thing um leads to more legislator power ver- like right. ag- like leveraged against governors and things like right. that and, so, and, well and one of the things that uh was a little different recently is that the state assembly has had a lot of turnover 
right? So it's mm-hmm. not just got democratic control now, but it has a lot of new young representatives who are more progressive and they decided that they were going to do shit during the second half of the... Much to Cuomo's dismay. Right. God forbid yeah. the legislature... The, legislate? God, God, <laughs> right. God forbid the legislature want to, I don't know, uh, suspend rent repeal the walking while trans uh bill right. um pass the new york health act uh legalize marijuana recreationally i and, don't know and bail yeah, right and fuck yeah exactly and yeah fucking and cash exactly bill. well and 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 it and it was it was notable last year right like last summer was just this like you know flurry of progressive priorities that just that got passed in the second half right Right. Uh, like, well, com- not, not, not even enough. that, but like uh, just we're able to be debated on because that's how low the bar is yeah. in New York State. Fair. I mean, maybe we should get into the text of the bill a little yeah, bit. Let's, okay, let's yeah. get into Sorry. the actual mechanics. Actually, maybe even starting uh, with the uh, thing that Phil, like Phil was kind right. of getting started on, um, which is the fact that fundamentally the budget can be essentially just lo- it has these like review periods where right. the governor can effectively just strip so, things from it. Uh, no, not the governor, actually. Someone his very specific. Director. Yeah, his budget director, who oh, yeah. is a very interesting person mm-hmm. who if you're a, if you're into New York politics, you might remember who this guy is. But his name is Ro- I don't remember if it's Mujico or Mujico. But like Robert Mujico, we'll call him, who is a a long time budget and finance finance person within the state Senate and a longtime ally of Cuomo, been in his administration for a while. So now in 2019, Cuomo tried to change the law in order to put this guy on the board of the MTA late last Mm. year, because what this guy does actually is he's kind of like Cuomo's austerity officer in chief. He's the hatchet man. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) The classic role of the budget chief is the uh, Dr. Death. He Mm -hmm. is. Um, Yeah, he's the Himmler of New York State. (laughs) And you don't see this guy at the press conferences, right? I mean, this is this is a this is a person who their entire job is just to do the um the, the really toxic ugly work that will ultimately kill people um uh, you know and uh and and you know Cuomo gets to distance himself from those uh, actions mm-hmm. hello this is daniel beatrice's screen reader program support us at patreon.com/deathpanelpod to hear the full episode and get access to patron only content With love, the death panel.